and welcome to Letters from the Lunchroom, a podcast by Communities and Schools of Mid-America. I'm your host, Victoria Partridge. Communities and Schools is a nationwide nonprofit which connects students and their families to local resources in order to remove barriers so that they will have greater success in school and in life. During this podcast, we talk to people who have a relationship with our organization. From students to staff members and alumni to volunteers, we know that people who connect with nonprofits have a story that led them there, and we want to know that story. Today's episode is a follow-up to our conversation with Virginia Riri. In this episode, we sit down with Leslie Harmon and Valerie Shaw, who were Virginia's student support coordinators in middle school and high school. Please join us as they share their CIS stories. Leslie and Valerie, welcome to the lunchroom. Um, I would like to take a moment to have each of you introduce yourselves. So Leslie, would you please go first? Um, I'm Leslie Harmon. I'm with Communities and Schools, of course. <laughs> and I've been a part of Community Schools for almost seven years now. And I am with the alumni program. Yes, yes. Okay, and Valerie? I am Valerie Shaw, and I've been with Communities and Schools for eight years, and I work at Ottawa Middle School with six to eighth graders. Excellent. Okay. Um, so this particular episode is the second part of our conversation that we had with Virginia Riri. And um, so anybody who's listening, if you missed that episode, go back listen to it. Um, You can definitely listen to it after this one. It's fine. It is the uh, first episode of season five and it's called um, Virginia CIS Story. So the reason why we are talking to Leslie and Valerie today is that they were Virginia's um, site coordinators. So even though Leslie is with the uh, alumni program now, she was at that time Virginia's site coordinator at the high school, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, And so Whenever you listen to Virginia's story, or if you've already listened to Virginia's story, you will know that these two played a really incredible role in the life that Virginia had and and really shaping her into the person that she is today. So we are going to go into that and the work that you did with Virginia. But before we get there, I want to start with where your journey with CIS began, because we want to hear your individual CIS stories. So Valerie, we're going to go with you first. And what I want you to think about is um, when was like the very first time you heard about CIS and what made you get involved with us? Okay, so I was a substitute teacher at elementary level because I did not prefer to be in the middle school or high school initially. Um, And while I was substitute teaching, there was a site coordinator at Lincoln Elementary prior to myself, and I was getting to know communities and schools through Lisa. She shared a little bit about what it was about, but it was pretty early on, and just the idea, my degrees in psychology and the idea of working with students and helping them in some manner was my passion. Um, I was substitute teaching because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. And so when my son started school in kindergarten, it was all day, and I decided that it was time to do something different, and we 
moved forward and I applied and I was started at the elementary school. Um, so I did a year at Lincoln Elementary and we had uh, different programs like a leadership committee there and that was a peer-led group and I did a lot of basic need um, supplies there. We did snacks for our kids. I worked a lot with the kids that were absent, mm -hmm. um, getting them to school. And so I just fell in love with the kids. Um, I knew from a young age I wanted to work with kids and help them in some shape or form. And this was really perfect uh, for what I wanted to do with my life. And then some changes came about in my life. I get, the site coordinator position at Lincoln was a part-time job initially. And oh. this was when we were Communities and Schools of Ottawa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we hadn't merged with MidAmerica yet. And some life changes came about for me and I needed a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Our site coordinator at the time that was at the middle school was ready to switch to a part-time position and communities and schools just allowed us to switch yeah, that perfect. position. So it worked out really nicely. Yeah. I was very nervous to be in the middle school because I just didn't think that was my age group. <laughs> and how many years ago was that? Um, I've been in the middle school for seven of my eight years. Nice. <laughs> it turns out they are exactly my age group. I love that. We have the same sense of humor and the same <laughs> sarcasm and... You know, I can meet them with their attitudes if necessary. Mm -hmm. So um, I love, I just love my middle schoolers. Um, I, you know, some of the things that I've done over the years, I guess, I think the biggest thing is just standing in support no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, I remind my kids frequently that I'm not the discipline in the school. Mm -hmm. I'm not their parent, that they will be my kids from now until they're not. And mm -hmm. um, just to stand and support them and remind them that there's nothing that they can do that can change that. And we have, this year has been very exciting as we've just moved through our years. I do, I've done lunch groups for a long time. Um, the boys in particular really thrive in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the girls like to sit and have their conversations, but the mm -hmm. boys get um, excess energy. We kind of have physical movement for the boys mm -hmm. group and just letting them talk while being physical is very beneficial for them. So I've done that the whole time that I've been there. And this year we've started a compassion crew um, where we're going into the community and doing compassionate service, um, otherwise known as volunteering, um, <laughs> yes. but just reminding them to, you know, to give back and to mm -hmm. show, show their kindness to others as well. Excellent. Great. Yeah. Okay. So Leslie, um, thinking back, how many years have you been with CIS? Um, about six and a half. Okay. Excellent. So, so where did it all start for you? So kind of along the same lines, life changes. Um, I was the director of admissions at Neosho for seven years um, prior, and I loved working with the people that I did. I mean, I was the front line, and I would get a lot of first-time college students that would come in and be like, um, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do this, and I don't think I can afford this, and I don't mm -hmm. think I can handle working and doing this. So like helping them figure out their life. Um, you know, the college life world mm -hmm. um, and helping them kind of figure out that, yes, they can take a step back and they can make things, things work um, was always what I loved about my job most. Um, but life changed. And um, even though I loved my job at the college, college life doesn't always pay that well. <laughs> so I, I had to start looking at other directions for my family. Um, and I became a single mom at the time. So mm -hmm. I just was kind of working some different directions. 
and um, a great dear friend of mine who was a site coordinator at um, Ottawa High School at that time had posted that she was making a life shift and so I messaged her and I was like hey tell me about this and um, so she kind of told me about what she did um, I had actually knew a little bit about communities and schools because I had volunteered for them um, on just some bigger events mm -hmm. um, and she had come to Neosho and done some things so I had some idea of it but we talked more um, I put in an application and the rest is history from there um, but I always loved the idea of working again with the same type of students I did at the college level really it was just starting a little bit younger they still didn't know how to achieve their goals they still didn't know how to get there with all the life's complications and so just helping them work it out mm -hmm. um, and just being there as a sounding board was always something that I loved to do and I knew that elementary and middle school was not my thing um, <laughs> still to this day still true <laughs> yes. um, I love working with high school kids and I love having the privilege of now getting to work with adults again. Yeah, I want to talk about that because you recently shifted into a new role where you're no longer working with students that are in the schools, like mm -hmm. the K-12 schools. And so why don't you share a little bit about your current role and the population that you're working with? Yeah, so I love it because I still get to work with um, you know those graduating seniors. They are still the same um, kids that they were four years ago, <laughs> and their life hasn't changed. So now I have the privilege of getting to continue that support that they might not have once they graduated from high school. So um, I'm just a continuation of the support that they had, and now we get to work through bigger obstacles as actually getting that job that they have been training for. Um, you know, working to do interviews for and things like that. So we get to work on jobs and helping them with the final college aspects. Um, you know, getting those first couple of weeks into the dorms and being like, oh my gosh, I want to leave and I want to go home yeah. and <laughs> getting yeah. through those. So just being that person, um, working on budgeting skills, working on things that in adult life that you didn't really consider before. Mm -hmm. um, you knew about them, you knew what people say, but now you actually have to do it and you don't always know where to start. So now I get to be that person to help them figure out where to start. Excellent. So, and our main goal is, of course, not to hold their hands. I know mm -hmm. in elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, you're still, okay, let's do this, and you're taking them step by step. But now that they're adults, um, definitely our main goal is to help direct them mm -hmm. and help mm -hmm. be there as a resource and show them where the resources are around them um, so that they can become self-sufficient adults because that is what we need in this world. And yeah. That is what they need for themselves. So yeah. pretty excited about that's that. It's a good goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now that we have a little bit of background from both of you in regards to um, where you've been and what you're currently doing, um, I'd like to dig into the work that you did specifically with Virginia, because that was a really powerful interview that we had with her. Both of you were in the room for that. It was our first time filming in front of a live audience, so all the emotions were just like super high. Um, it was also during our summer engagement conference, so we were just surrounded by all these amazing you know, coworkers that we have, which is just like the coolest. Um, and then we had the honor of talking to an, a, student, uh, a student that we had previously worked with. And, you know, whenever students walk into a room full of CIS people, they're just instant rock stars. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you're so cool. And tell us about you and what you're doing. So um, I want to hear about things from your point of view, because we heard about it from Virginia's point of view. So um, starting with you, Valerie, again, since you were with her in middle school and you had Virginia at the start of her CIS 
you know, journey with us. Um, what did it look like to work with Virginia back in the day? That's a hard question. <laughs> she, uh, she's always had her spunk. You were able mm -hmm. to see some of that as she was talking and uh, recording with you. Um, she's always been, um, she's always had it. And I don't necessarily know how to describe it, but you could tell, you could see her in the hallway, mm -hmm. even a, a sixth grader, and be like, this kiddo's going to be okay. Like, she's got it. And then as um, she was there for longer, <laughs> I realized that she was definitely going to be somebody that would need our extra support. Um, some of the things that helped me realize that was her, it was her demeanor while she was spunky and upbeat. You could tell that there was something missing um, from her. And we started, you know, I started kind of focusing in on her and we get the permission slip sign and just getting to know her. She was pretty combative. She could be, she didn't like to do her schoolwork. She didn't mm -hmm. ever want to do her schoolwork. It was a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And um, so we spent a lot of time talking about doing your schoolwork and you have one job and this is it mm -hmm. and this is where you start and she would have rather worked and made money and well you're sixth grader and mm -hmm. so what you're going to do is you're going to get your schoolwork done and your money is your grade so you can continue to move forward in your life. And so there were a lot of conversations and she sat in my office off and on, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that it was... Things turned really big for Virginia, and I think it was her seventh grade year that it happened. So um, I was actually in my office, and a friend of Virginia's came to my office and asked me if I knew that Virginia's dad had passed away that night. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked. I had not heard that, but it, it was early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll give her a call. And she said, well, she's here. And so she had come to school that morning. And she lived with her mom, to be clear. She lived with her mom. Dad lived in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. um, dad was kind of her place of respite. They had a good relationship. Um, she had other siblings there with dad. And mom's house was pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. And she did enjoy going to dad. She, of course, had the same, you know, young teen drama with dad that a lot of us young girls do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she, they were close. And so I went up and got her out of class and I just remember I, I opened the door and she looked up and she just started crying. And so we left the room and went down to my office and I said, what are you doing here? No kidding. And she said, I needed something to be normal. And that's, fair. that's, that's fair. what I said. I said, okay, um, all right, that makes sense to me. Um, let me go have some conversations and if this is where you want to be, you'll be. Mm -hmm. And so I went and talked to admin and counselors, and they sent emails to teachers to let them know that she would definitely be in and out, mm -hmm. likely an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And so she spent the majority of that day in my office. She did go to class periodically, but she would come down and just sit in the chair that she described to you, yeah. um, and she would just sit and cry. Um I just, I remember that day very specifically because I, my mind was blown that she was there. But then as she said, I just needed this and understanding how things are at home. Mm -hmm. um, it made sense to me. Her dad was from Africa. And so it was a situation of sorts because he had family in Africa and everybody didn't get along and then mom's family and so there was not services right away um then it was that she wasn't going to be allowed to go to services and so there it was a huge 
it was a huge thing her seventh grade year. I mean, her entire seventh grade year was consumed by her dad's death. Mm -hmm. um, when I was seven years old, I lost an uncle to suicide um, within a couple of the days of the same day of her dad dying. Because one of her hangups, it was the week before Christmas, one of her hangups was, why did it have to happen now? If it had mm -hmm. to happen, why, why now? Which I had questioned since I was seven years old. And so we could talk about that and relate, relate on that manner. There was a lot of emotional support during that time. She would sit down there to do her work because it was quieter. Um, I would let her listen to music while she was in there if she needed to. So that, that was a lot of her seventh grade year. She was just angry her eighth grade year, and she was tired of it. She was cheering, though. She did cheer in middle school, um, which is something that she held on to, and Leslie can take that over once we move into the high school piece. But she was cheering, which was helpful because she had something to focus on, and she had to keep her grades up to cheer, that kind of stuff. And, you know, basic needs, lots of support with basic needs, and... Um, just, you know, constantly telling her that she had this and that I loved her and that she could do it. I mean, the verbal support for her was insane. She didn't have that at home. She mm -hmm. didn't have the, I love you, you can do this. She just didn't. And so that was big for her. Um, you know, when she graduated eighth grade, we did a special, you know, I got her a card and did mm -hmm. I, I do something for all of my eighth graders as they move on. Boom. We're kind of special. So. <laughs> we did a little special for her. She's also in my son's class, which mm -hmm. added a different, unique um, element to it. Yeah. Because I was always at her events regardless because he was doing events as well. She would cheer and he played basketball and stuff like that. So yeah. I was always at her events, which was really cool. And I always made it a point to make sure she knew I was there and take pictures of her and stuff. Um, so that was pretty fun. And it just... You know, we always, I tell my students, I'm your ally. Like, I'm here for you. I will stand with you. And it, it truly has turned into a friendship at this point. Um, she's, you know, out of high school now and stuff, but we still text and talk and try to keep her on the straight and narrow on some level. <laughs> um, you know, because she is, she's still 19. Mm -hmm. And she, they, we don't know. We don't know what we're doing at 19. And no. she needs, she still doesn't have that. And so she's mm -hmm. still is using communities and schools and fortunately she can liaison with Leslie, um, which has been awesome. So yeah, that's, I think that is, she just was always bright and spunky, but still had a pretty large chunk of an attitude, a good portion of the time. And yeah, she would tell me she wasn't going to do something and then she would do like, I'm not going to do my work. And then she would go she do, would her, do work. her work. Yeah. Like she just had to say she wasn't going to, I think. So I hope such a good kid to this. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's a great kid. Um, I just, she's going to be great. She's going to do great. And I mm -hmm. just, I want her to know that she can do that. And I think she's finally getting there. That's the other thing I was noticing when we were talking to her more recently is I think that she's starting to believe she can. Mm -hmm. And so that, that'll turn it too. Good. Good. Okay. So Leslie, take it from when you first met Virginia. So um, the privilege of having, you know, middle school and high school is um, Valerie always brings her middle schoolers over to meet me first so that they know kind of who I am when they start school. And so from day one, she definitely made sure to introduce Virginia to me. And then um, we also go through each student and kind of their uniqueness and things you need to watch mm -hmm, for. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had long conversations about her. <laughs> and so just, you know, from the start, there was... Um, you know, just something special as communities and schools anyway, you just kind of attract those. And then after really meeting her and her giving me a chance to get to know her as well, because now that she's in high school and somebody new, mm -hmm. um, 
we just bonded from the start. Um, I will agree, she still has that attitude every once in a while of this is what I'm doing and whether it's good or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she she always knows the right thing to do um, and usually her heart will push her to the right direction. So um, we just bonded from the beginning. She also, like she said, um, was in cheer and um, was really close to the cheer coach um, at the high school and the cheer coach is also our nurse. So she was great because we worked really closely among mm-hmm. students anyway. And so anytime that Virginia needed something, um, she would definitely send her my way or I was able to provide those basic needs for her through, you know, just having that extra support at the school mm-hmm. and letting me know what those needs were. Um, she did pretty great. Like, to be honest, there wasn't a lot I needed to do um, ninth and 10th grade. Um she just kind of functioned. Cheer was her thing. Mm-hmm. We always made sure that she could go to cheer camp. We usually paid half of her cheer camp. Um, and then she raised the rest of it. Uh, but that was a huge thing for her. It's what she needed to keep going through the summer, keep focused on where she wanted to be mm-hmm. in life. And then something happened junior year. Not really sure what it was exactly. Um, life changed for her. And it was a struggle to get her to stay consistent at school. And so we had a lot of conversations, um, and she did fine. She she passed everything. Um, she did really good. And then senior year, we still saw some of that struggle. Like, she mm-hmm. came out of it at the end of junior year a little bit. I'm not sure, again, what was going on in her world um, that made some of those struggles. Anything on the outside didn't appear different. She's been a very self-sufficient girl. Um, she has had a job, I think, since sophomore year, um, and she held that job all the way through um graduating and until she went on to college so um she did she paid for all of her own stuff um all of her bills were hers and she covered them so she was a very self-sufficient girl um senior year was our biggest struggle um and again i think it was a lot of the reality of becoming an adult Mm -hmm. like this is it Mm -hmm. i am going to be on my own um i want I don't know how to handle the pressure on some of the ends. We've had these conversations, so I'm okay with my hearing this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but we, you know, just realizing everything that she had to face and that was coming to an end and all that stuff. And so she um, she struggled to get through a little bit, uh, struggling to show up. I remember one time, I think she pointed this out, was, you know, she hadn't been showing up. I had been texting her. I have been calling her, where are you? Get here now. Like, why aren't you here? We're going to talk. She's like, I know. Um, and then the principal showed up at her house one day and she's like, oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing. And <laughs> it was awesome. Nice. I'm so glad they did. Um, but just her motivation, like she was fully capable. She's an extremely smart girl. She is going to thrive in life. Um, but just, I think a lot of the obstacles she had in middle school, she's kind of just walked through life and not really faced some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that she's getting older, she's starting to face some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they really affect her as a person. And so um, she struggled, and she did, like, to get her to come, to get her to complete classes, I talked to the admin and the counselors, of course, as she stated. She didn't just get to hang out in my office. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just like, where are you going with that girl? Um, but no, she did. Like, we made it. She went, did a couple of classes online, and so she was able to come and sit in my room Excellent. and get them done. Did she do them consistently? No. But she was there, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest point is getting her there, getting there where we could support her um, and help her through whatever was going on um, in her mind at that time to know that she could be successful and she was capable of doing this. 
And so um, that's kind of our high school story. She uh, she did graduate, which was awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, kind of the same with her. Like we kind of rallied together and got her a college um, basket to go away with because she had committed to going to Neosho at the time for cheer as mm-hmm. well. And, um, you know, even at that time, because I hadn't taken the alumni position at that point, uh, we kind of still stayed connected, even though, you know, most of our graduates, like, I wish you the best of luck. I'm here. Right. You can always rely on me, but you don't always hear from your yeah. students again. And so um, we kind of stayed connected with her over the summer. Um, I think that was our biggest bonding time, even though, you know, as an adult and coming out, uh, we met for coffee, I don't know how many times, and it was really just the um, the thought process for her of, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Can I leave? Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a lot in my brain right now, too. Oh my goodness. Um, sorry. <laughs> just, uh, just her talking through like I don't think I said very much at all it was helpful um I don't even know what words I said but just listening to her and the fact that she trusted me mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to to be there and to encourage her and support her and um, still to this day um she and we did get her there, even mm-hmm. though um, mm-hmm. her first night in college, she literally did call me like an hour into it and was like, I forgot my pillow. I am literally walking home. You can come pick me up on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm like, um, no, you're not. <laughs> Just give me a second. And so I like, um, I had some contacts there. And so I had them reach out to her and um, she lasted. She got through it. And then it was the best thing in her life the next time we touched base. Like she was so glad. The cheer team was amazing. The college was amazing. Um, she just had to get through those rough bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, her first year went went pretty well. Um, but then I feel like now she's facing a, a different part of her life. So mm-hmm. she needed cheer to get through middle school, to get through high school. She needed to connect with something. Um, but she chose not to go back this next this last year mm-hmm. um, to be to go into cheer. And even though it was a hard decision. She went back again to visit, and she feels like it was really the right decision. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because she doesn't, that's not something she needs anymore. Like, she's figuring out who she is, nice. and that's that's not what's holding her mm-hmm. together anymore. Um, she's coming into her own. Mm-hmm. It's it's not always easy coming into your own, so there's still bumps along the way, but mm-hmm. um, she's, she's figuring things out on where she wants to be. And I'm so excited that I get to be on this journey with her. And actually, she is getting ready to go to um, an alumni conference with me in a month. And so she's getting ready to head to Washington with me at another student. And so we're continuing this journey and we're seeing where it takes us. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to watch her um, connect with other leaders, with other students, and see where that networking might take her in her future. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Did she know whenever I interviewed her? No. She, she didn't this know. was literally, uh, we found out. September, like a month ago. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Yeah. That's huge. I mean, yeah. oh wow. Okay, super cool. Okay, like, wow. Uh, 
I know. That's so oh my gosh. That's awesome. Um, okay, so we we um, I have two more questions. It's well, it's one question, but for both of you, um, and then we're going to wrap up the first section of this this episode. Um, so my final question for both of you is: looking back on your entire time with communities and schools of Mid America, so the entirety, um, what is one memory that really stands out for each of you? Yeah. That's hard. I know. There's so many. I I think this is a tough question because sometimes our biggest memories are kind of hard memories. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the one I get to, I mean, obviously, just like this particular student, Virginia, is a big memory. I mean, she, the, man, when I opened that door and saw her face, you know, yeah. and, and that like that was it. I was like, I this girl, I'll carry her through however I need to. But mm-hmm. uh, we had a family that gave up eight children, eight, yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. Obviously, they couldn't go into foster care together mm-hmm. because nobody's taking eight kids. Uh, four teenagers, four younger than teen, and. That was the worst thing that I've ever experienced. And the memory for communities in school with that is um, we were able to wrap around the older teen daughters um, and the two that I had in the middle school. And much the same as Virginia walked them through this path. Um, The youngest one of the older group is a junior this year. Um, in high oh, school, of the older kids, yes. yeah. So she's still in high school mm-hmm. and still connected with communities and schools uh, with Stephanie at the high school. Okay. And I think those kids learning to trust mm-hmm. and coming to us. Um, Leslie actually, so I had a good relationship with both of the girls that were in my group, but a stronger relationship with the older sister of those two. Mm-hmm. And Leslie actually developed, in my opinion, a stronger relationship with the younger one of that. So that was good you know once the cool thing about being a feeder school is like I still stay connected like she Mm -hmm. said I bring my kids over in the first like couple of weeks I will go to the high school um and find my freshmen in the high school to make sure that they found communities and schools and that they're you know accessing their support system and things of that nature and so these this particular family um we weren't in elementary school so the four little ones we didn't have contact with but the four older ones we walked next to them through their journey too, and they they are doing well. Um, it was a, obviously a traumatic event, a hugely traumatic event in their life, and uh, yeah, that that's probably the thing that I hang on to most. And I think while it was a deep sadness watching these kids grow out of this and teaching us mm-hmm. like perseverance and sticking to life, because. I don't know what that would feel like. Mm-mm. And they just kept going, you know? And yeah. So that was my greatest memory. And to be there to, you know, they went into foster care and to be there to provide everything that they needed, basic need wise. And then emotionally at school, because, you know, they would come in and not be capable of functioning very well emotionally for whatever the reason mm-hmm. and be able to let them work in my office or, um, you know, connect them to counseling and outside of schools where like 
you know, like our position is to connect to our community mm -hmm. resources as well and to make sure that we're doing that to get them everything that they could possibly need um, to walk through life. And like I said, like the youngest of the oldest group is a junior, I'm pretty sure this year. And like, they're all, they're all, the two twins are living on their own, doing their own thing. And Excellent. Yeah. The senior, she moved to St. Louis and is living with an aunt and working up there and mm -hmm. this next one through there. So ah, yeah, so that was probably my biggest and most profound memory. Um, I was sitting here thinking, um, <laughs> there's, there's always, there's so many big moments. I honestly can mm -hmm. pick one out. I will tell you my biggest memory that I will have and have at this point with CIS, especially in my role at OHS, is um, not really as much of what I've done for the students or the situations of the students, but what they've done for me. Mm -hmm. um, I will give credit to them every year, and I do. Like they, um, as a mom of four, I feel like they have made me a better mom. Like just listening to them and truly hearing not just their stories, not just their life, but who they are and what they want out of life and what parents don't listen to um, or accept or really take the time to think about. Um, I, I, I try. I try really hard with my kids to not make those same mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so they have changed me as a person that I can mm -hmm. never thank them enough for. Mm -hmm. I can see Valerie shaking her head. She's saying, yeah, same. And I would be really surprised if there was a student support coordinator who disagreed. Yeah. Because I feel like you can't work with kids in this sort of setting and on this level and not be changed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But it's really, it's really interesting to hear you, you know, talk about how it made you a better parent and why. And that's, that's I mean. I mean, yeah, having two teenagers and one on the way, like, mm -hmm. just, I think as parents, we get so caught up in what they need to do, mm -hmm. so we don't really take the time to realize that they're going to be adults in, like, two years. They're really not, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> they are, you know, they are. We're putting them in this adult world, and I don't feel like we really, really think about what that means and what we're preparing them for, um, and that we need to stop telling them so much of what to do. Um, but guiding them through those choices. And I don't know. It's just definitely changed my perspective as a parent. That's excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'll let everybody sit with uh, that and just kind of think about it because I think it's really good. And we'll take a little break. And so then we'll be back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. As part of our show, we ask each guest to write a letter to the students that communities and schools serves. The only guideline they are given is that it must come from the heart. So, Valerie, if you would, please share your letter. Okay, to my students, I want you to remember that this time is short. It feels fast and definitely overwhelming. It's a short stint in your life that you will experience many changes. Nothing lasts forever, and you can keep stepping forward. Everybody around you is still growing and learning as well. We are doing this together. 
That means that you are not alone and we will walk with you. I would like to remind you that you know you can always ask for support and guidance from us. We do the job because of you and with you and for you. I want you to know that you are always valued, loved, supported, and appreciated, and nothing that you can do will ever change that for us. We will be here for you, and you will be our students always. Okay, Leslie, your turn. Okay. Dear CIS students, within every student support coordinator is a heart that truly cares. This isn't just a job to us. Your success in life means the world to us, and we will do everything within our power to help you. So please, open your minds and your hearts, because the road to achieving your goals can be rough. We believe in you, and if you allow us, we will support you and help you stay focused to the end. Okay. Um, so I always take notes throughout the whole interview process, um, but I make sure I specifically take notes during the letter writing process um, just to hear sort of things that stand out. And there was something um, that you both said, but not during the letter. Like, Valerie, you said it during the letter writing process. And I believe that, Leslie, you said it earlier when we were all talking about walking next to the students. And you mentioned walking with the students. And I just really, that kind of stood out to me because the past couple of weeks I've been reflecting on what the work that we do, what, what is it? what does it boil down to? Like, what's the essence of the work that we do? And, um, you know, I know what our mission is, you know, we all know what the mission is and, um, but what is the essence? And I feel like that that kind of hits it on the head is walking with students, um, walking next to students, and then also, um, you know, letting them know that they're not alone. And I think that's really key. Um, because as you mentioned with your work with Virginia, that it's, sometimes it is so essential for them to come to school and have somebody that they know they can count on, that they know they can rely on, who believes in them, and who is there to support them truly no matter what. Um, I think that's so important during these interviews with student support coordinators and former student support coordinators who are now in new roles. <laughs> Looking at you, Leslie. Um, but just to really talk about the essence of the work that we do. So, um, you both brought letters sort of in different formats. Um, Leslie, you had written yours out verbatim and Valerie, you had just like notes and then you kind of just winged it. Um, why is it that you chose those different formats? Cause I think that's interesting. Well, for me, I, uh, I can get like squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> I can start down one path and then it goes another. So um, there's so many, there's so much more I could say mm -hmm. um, to my students. But what drew me to this um, direction was really, I think the biggest thing um, I hear at the end, and you heard Virginia say, is allowing them to work with us. Yeah. Like them opening their hearts and them opening their minds and actually making the decision that, hey, maybe this person is trustworthy. Maybe this person truly does believe in me or maybe they're just okay and I'll give them a chance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, taking that time to really give us the opportunity to, to support them is probably the biggest thing I hear from students. So that's kind of why I chose that direction because um, I know it's weird to think about a person really just wanting to support you. Like, right. Like your job is, is just 
to focus on me like it's weird <laughs> um but it but it truly is like and, and we don't do it just because this is a job we, mm-hmm. we do it because every person you talk to like in my role i've had the privilege of speaking to all high school site coordinators um and no matter their backgrounds no matter where they came from what their life's been they have the heart to truly help people succeed and i don't know what other company you'll find that in mm-hmm I went with a just make a few notes because I basically wing my whole life. <laughs> and if I'm speaking from the heart, then I knew the few things that I wanted to touch on and it would jar like mm-hmm. more information. And also if I would have wrote it all down, I might've had like a page and a half. <laughs> right. Much like you, Leslie yeah. said, like, this is a short letter. <laughs> I have a lot to say to my kids. <laughs> they all know that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, you can't do this work without believing in this work Mm -hmm. and you can't not do this work, um, without opening your heart. Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes is a two-edged sword. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the allowing us to work with you. I said that to a student today. If you will access me, I can help you, but I am not going to fight you Mm -hmm. to help you. Mm -hmm. And I like honestly like them coming and just seeing that and just knowing you know they our kids will say things like you don't really care and stuff like that just you know flipping comments and Mm -hmm. stuff and whether they mean it or not they're definitely testing and you know I just always tell them yeah I do I don't know why sometimes (laughs) I do yeah (laughs) and um they they are just special kids and for me you know, my life certainly wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but I did have a support system at home and I don't understand how that wouldn't be. And I can't imagine somebody being without that support system. Right. And if you don't have it at home, you're going to get it at school. Like that's just how it's going to be. And I have kids that come to me every day just to get a hug. Some are on caseload, some are not on caseload. Um, I like you because you smile. I like you because you seem happy to be here, you know, and they they just kids need love kids just need love and I liked what Leslie said about rather than telling them what to do guiding them through this process the kids are listening and they're listening to everything mm-hmm. um they're listening to everything and that's not always a good thing and there's a lot of coaching that goes on on the other side of that and so if you're talking and you wish your kids were listening I promise you they are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I really wish that our kids knew like how much their lives affect us too. Like not just how, who we are, but there's so many nights we just go home and cry because of what they're dealing with or, you know, how much they've grown or just so many things. Like it truly, they will touch our hearts forever. I think any of them, if they listen to this, they will get an understanding for that impact they've had on you. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I do, I have started like making sure that I'm verbalizing that with my students. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I had a really hard time getting out of bed this morning. I'm so glad that I did because I got to see you. Um, I make very intentional comments like that. Um, I always tell my kids, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And it's good to see your face and call them by name, you know, that kind of stuff. I just, I'm very intentional with small, small things that right. are really the very large things in their life. And They definitely have just impacted me for the last eight years, for sure. You guys are both so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always just in so much in awe of the work that 
the student support coordinators do. Um, you know, I've worked behind the scenes for CIS for so long, and I get to hear the stories that, you know, come in, I see them written down and that sort of thing since I work in the comms department. Um, but honestly, it's just different to hear it. And, you know, to, to be, since we're doing this, you know, in person, to be here with you and to, you know, see your body language and everything. It's just, it's, 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 it's really, it's got me kind of speechless. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys are just amazing. Thank you. Um, okay, we're going to take uh, another little quick break, and then we're going to come back with our final segment, the extra credits segment. So just stay tuned. guys so we are going to bring it to a close with some extra credit questions um valerie you are going to go first for the first extra credit question which gives leslie the opportunity to think about her answer <laughs> so right. let me know what is one of your favorite songs like oh. one that you always are like yes that's my jam oh everlong by food fighters oh nice that Times was like these by food fighters uh, anything by food fighters yeah, the greatest hits by yes. food fighters yes Okay. They're my jam. Excellent. Okay. Well, that was the quickest answer I think we've ever had. So sorry, Leslie, what's your answer? Yeah, <laughs> Give you no chance um, to think. I don't know if I actually have a favorite song. To be honest, it's I'm an in the moment type of person. Okay. So, so what are you now in this moment? Uh, at this very moment. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Called you out. <laughs> I did. <laughs> What you want to hear? I don't know. You're like on my phone. Go for it. Look at your phone. Bring up your Spotify or whatnot. I was just like, hmm, I don't know. I mean, the first song that actually came to mind um, is All or Nothing. That's like something I always listen to. By who? Yeah, who's that? Oh, um, oh my gosh. Put me on spot. Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's going to throw you off with her music style. I listen to everything. Like, I'm not just a. Isn't Theory of a Dead Man kind of harder? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I was thinking. That's, yes. Like I've heard of them, but nineties, uh, early two thousands. Um, I'll I'll listen to it on my way on my drive home. Yeah, I mean, it might stay on here. Okay, so the second question is, and we'll start with you this time. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you could pick one superpower to have, what would it be, and why? I think it would be to fly. Why? Um, because I drive everywhere and I'm mm -hmm. tired of it <laughs> yep. and I'm not even thinking about work. I mean, I take my kids everywhere. So yeah. flying there would be so nice. I feel like they could get there faster. So would you be carrying your yes. kids? <laughs> <laughs> Surely if I have a superpower, they have something too, right? Yeah. 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 That's the first thing that comes Come on, on kids. Just like rope them all together. I We're flying. Like mom superpower. Yes. More than anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Valerie. Well, that's what I was going to say, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to use flying because okay. I love to travel, and like then I would have to go through security and stuff. I could just go on my own. How amazing. Mm -hmm. Traveling, I didn't even think I of that. I know. You're like, just let me get my kids somewhere, and I'm like, I'm going to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this, by the way. Yeah, I know. I like. I wish that we were doing a video as well, so you could see Valerie's little, bird little, little bird hands that she's doing, her little tiny bird wings. So is that what happens when your kids move out of the house? You can think beyond. Yeah, it actually <laughs> is. It is. Well, I told you my kid just got her first job, and it's like all this, like the very first night was um, Wednesday night, and I went home, and I was like, I have five hours that I normally wouldn't have, and 
I was sort of trying to contemplate like the fact like, okay, well, my kid's not eating dinner at home. So that's a little bit sad, but like, I'm also proud of her for getting her first job and she's excited about it. And it's a step towards independence. What am I going to do? Do you know what I did? Tell me. I cleaned my house. (laughs) It's amazing. I was like, what? I think you'll get used to it. And then pretty soon you won't do that. You're like, what do I do? And so you do what you do. And then in a couple of days, you'll be like, ah, yeah. Yeah. And then I'll just watch like five hours of TV instead, which I'm fine with as well. Like that's (laughs) the absolutely fine way to spend your time. So, but yeah, I was just like, I have to do something. I'm just doing something. There's always something. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Back to you guys. So this is the final extra credit question. um, And then we'll be wrapping up this episode. So... For both of you to consider, what is the number one reason why you feel that people should get involved with communities in schools? Go ahead. I was just going to say, in my opinion, of course, it is hands down one of the best organization organizations that I've ever worked for. Um, the what did you call it? The essence mm-hmm. of the organization. Organization. Starts at the top down with Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, her passion is incredible mm-hmm. and you can feel it. You can see it. She also sits with us in our conferences and she's at our table. She's not higher than us. She's with us. Um, and that is it. Leadership is huge in organizations. And then like we're making changes. Mm-hmm. We're making a difference. We're making um, steps for our future. And I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of our kids and some of our kids, you know, are judged harshly um, by society, by our teachers, unfortunately. And I love when they're successful and I love when they take steps out and do big things and prove people wrong. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I do. I think I think it's a valuable organization and we are changing the future. Excellent. Thank you. She pretty much said what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I mean I think it speaks for herself in our summer engagement where, you know, you had a raise of hands, how many people transitioned to other Mm -hmm. programs Mm -hmm. um, with that and not leave the company. Like we didn't, we had a lot of new hires, but nobody really left. That was due to growth and expansion. And I think that speaks for itself. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest reasons people leave a lot of time is there's nowhere to go or you Mm -hmm. feel at least that there's nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never felt that with this company and totally agree with Valerie on the leadership. Um, I mean, when she was talking about Melissa, my, the first thing that came to mind is grace. I mean, yeah. she mm-hmm. always says that, you know, this year is about grace. And mm-hmm. I think she says that every year. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, but I think she gets it. She knows, even though she's dealing with different situations to help keep this program going, um, she knows wh- what we deal with. Um, and even though she doesn't live it, she knows how much um, our hearts go through, our, our minds go through uh, mentally, physically, and just um, the work that we do. And I mean, so that's amazing company that we have that we, I couldn't ask for anything better, but also again, the job that we do, I mean, I literally, our job is to support people. What more could you ask for? Yeah. It is, uh, you know, our, the, the job, it really, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, like, man, this is really fun. Like I took a group of students to volunteer today and I'm like, this is my job. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Other people hate their lives and I'm yeah. in the thrift store with the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I've known, like I said uh, at the beginning, you know, from a small, a young, young age, a small human, I wanted to work with babies is what I wanted to do. And it just grew into um, working with kids and like the idea that like, 
you know, we are, like I said, just making a difference, and that's really impactful to me. And I will piggyback on that, too. I mean, as she said, that we are changing the world. I mean, the programs that we are trying to to add in and constantly um, being innovative and how that we can serve our students and our families, mm-hmm. I mean, we're about to come full circle. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be to a point where, you know, we are literally helping from birth all the way back around. And um, I just, I'm so excited about that because, um, well, for one, I get to be in parts of that. And (laughs) it's just exciting to watch our students truly be successful from the ground up when their parents didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So That's a huge thing. I love that we're getting into pre-K and stuff. Yeah. I tried to lobby to get that to Ottawa. It didn't work. (laughs) Maybe sooner. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yet. Um, But the idea, you know, like she said, like, you can jump in on middle school and you can make a lot of changes, but man, if we can get them at three years old mm-hmm. and we start implementing that and then, mm-hmm. you know, it talked as we move through and yeah, it's like, it's just a whole thing. And like now I love when they started moving to college. Cause I'm like, Leslie and I talked about this. Like we just are cut off at high school. Like right. they just go off, you know? And then all this starts coming with the alumni program. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really exciting. The growth is really exciting. And yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> You guys gave so much great insight to, I mean, but you're right because like, you know, you guys have both worked here for, you said six and a half years, eight years. I just had my eight year anniversary. I mean, there's a lot of us, a lot of us who have been with the agency for more than five years. And I think for, you know, if you were to look at the annual turnover rate for nonprofits, it's probably, it's gotta be less than five years. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, this is not easy work, even though, but it's work we love. And you know, I mean. I get to record a podcast today. It's part of my job. This is awesome. Like, I love it. We all work our butts off. But the thing is, is like, because we were talking about this offline, you know, like, we work so hard, but man, like, we love what we do. Yeah. (laughs) It's so great. And our, I mean, the support, like, our whole foundation of CIS is supporting students and supporting people and families. But what makes it a bigger roundabout circle is our company supports us yeah and I think that's another big thing is you completely feel supported so when you're feeling at your lowest moment in your job Mm -hmm. um which isn't because of your job and because of your company right um that that company comes around and supports you and brings you back up and you realize why you're doing this and you start fresh again and yeah I just support all the way around that's what CIS does for everyone yeah we are team communities and schools in mid-america for sure it's definitely a team that it's definitely a team and like just you know melissa has reached out to me before like when things were not good um just in my personal life and work was i was not i couldn't i didn't feel like i could do my personal life as well Mm -hmm. as support other people's personal lives and i was crossing my mind about making some life changes and you know Leslie and I spent a lot of time together and um, I just, I couldn't leave. I couldn't mm-hmm. leave my kids. I couldn't leave the organization. I didn't want to leave, but I thought right. it was what needed to happen for my, mm-hmm. my mental health at that point. And, but I think it would have been harder for me to leave and not been able to see out whatever this is for me. I just, yeah, yeah I really do love it. I hear you. And Melissa is truly an inspirational leader. Um, you know, I don't know if she'll hear this particular episode um but yeah she's very inspiring um you mentioned how she like sits you know at the table with us during summer engagement mm-hmm. she's just like one of the most relatable approachable yes. leaders while also being so knowledgeable and yes. inspirational at the same time she's yes. just the full package yeah. so she is. yeah 
Um, all right. Well, anyways, guys, uh, we had a wonderful conversation. I do need to wrap it up, though. So I'm going to thank you guys both very much for taking time out of your day to sit down and talk with me, for being so flexible in the scheduling, um, and just for for everything that you do. Period. <laughs> Thank you for having us. It was fun. It was. Good. Um, Okay, and then thank you, everybody who listened, for joining us on this episode of Letters from the Lunchroom. For more information on communities and schools of Mid-America, please check out our website at cismidamerica.org. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a rating, and follow us on social media at cismidamerica. I am your host, Victoria Partridge, and until next time, class is dismissed.